how those intuitive energy work to lead you taking better decisions. What is the input as mother or father that you can have for your children to develop their intuition? Since we are in the gestational stage of our lives, through all the development that we are receiving from our parents, we are shaping an environment that can guide us towards being more awakened, conscious, and face the world with honesty, vulnerability, and love for ourselves. We are born connected to that wisdom. Now the job is to sustain that amazing frequency to thrive. Discover more in episode 60, The Intuitive Wisdom of Mothers with Natasha Mott. Welcome everyone to our episode 60 of the podcast Cultivating a New Generation. And as it is a special episode, 60 episodes, it's a long way. We have a special guest, Natasha Mott, with us to speak about the intuitive wisdom of mothers and we are going to cover a lot more so be prepared to be in a journey of consciousness intuitive power wisdom of how we choose our parents and also something about the akashic records and what is coming in this next stage of the society so welcome natasha it's a pleasure always to have you here you are like a home guest (laughs) And I'm really, really happy to speak about you, about this topic that we can cover a lot of ground. So what can you, or how can we start this conversation about the mothers, about how we choose our parents? Let's begin with that first. Absolutely. So first of all, congratulations on episode 60. That takes time and dedication and sharing so much wisdom, not only of yourself, but all the guests that you've had. So it's an absolute privilege to be here. Um, Absolutely. So thank you for that. Um, Yes, uh, it's quite interesting um, from the fact of working with the Akashic Records, which is really about connecting to the blueprint of your soul. And a lot of the times that I, you know, I, I work most of my time of the day is in the Akashic Records, not only supporting people, but I also work a lot with the ancestors and the ancestral lineage. And I thought it would be important to take note that there is that belief system that we choose our parents and our parents, you know, actually give us passage and our children choose us. And that is important because to, to know is that when they are choosing us, they're choosing everything that we're awesome at and they're choosing everything that we suck at um, because it is part of their purpose to come and change um, and improve and expand um, consciousness, humanity. So a lot of the times the soul will choose um, a certain, you know, parents to be because of their limitations, because of their gifts. Um, And when the child is born, they know exactly what they're coming into, right? They know exactly. And they've chosen it as, as, as I say. So it becomes very, very um, important. And we start to get to realize what a privilege it is um, to really, uh, you know, be a mother, be a parent um, and all that. Um, But on also on top of that, I have a theory that we're going to mess up our children anyway. (laughs) 
Yes. So there's no perfect people. So there's no perfect parents. And we're all trying to minimize um, how we affect our children. But the important bit is, is that change starts within. So the healing that we do affects our generations that are here. So seven generations, you know, our children and our grandchildren and so on. But it also heals the seven generations before as well. So it's important to note that any healing work needs to be done with us. And it was so funny because my my daughter this morning, um, she was kind of like, she's she's a teen, she's almost 14. She'll be 14 in, in June. And I think I was having a conversation and I was talking to her. So I was looking at her in the passenger seat as I was dropping off at school. And the car in front of me had just started to move. And she's like, mom, you need to go. And I was like, it's okay. She goes, you're a bad driver. I'm like, actually, I'm not. But she's, I'm going to be a better driver. And I said to her, Lara, I actually hope you're better than me in all aspects of everything, right? Because that is part of who we are. Like, we're here to improve. Um, and it's so interesting that, you know, first-time mothers, for any that are there, or first-time parents, you know, everybody has the world of advice. You know, do it this way, do it another way, do it the next way. And if it wasn't for really checking in and doing it our way, which is where the intuition steps in, it becomes really, really important. And I think at the end of the day, um, when we go to sleep at night, we need to be comfortable with the decisions that we make because nobody else feels our happiness, our sadness, or the kids, right? Yeah. Um, so I believe that it is of utmost importance um, to really connect with our gut instinct, connect with that intuition. And every child is different. So we need to react, respond differently to each child as well. So it was quite funny, but um, I don't know if most of you know that um, I've come from a fifth, sixth generation of spiritual kind of people that have been into spirituality and consciousness. And having a spiritual conscious aware, intuitive mom was the worst because I could not hide anything from her. Anything that I got away with as a child, I got away with because she led me, right? So it was so interesting from that perspective. Um, yeah, and I tend not to totally connect in with my children's friends unless they ask me, um, but it's a learning curve. We're always learning. Um, and we're always trying to improve on the generations before as well. Yes, I, I totally agree. And and I think as you mentioned, that we are there are so many um young people that sometimes are worried about being a parent and when are they going to be ready? Even myself, I, I always wanted to be a parent when I said that I have to be a parent when it was a plan. So, and it didn't happen that way, of course. So what happened is that whenever we are faced with that responsibility of, of raising a child, as you mentioned, we have to do it in our best way possible. And what I have found uh, with my daughter is that trying to explain her everything just as it is, without lies, without covering up, without thinking that I am perfect or doing things in the best way possible because I am also a human being 
that is going to make mistakes. And I always also accept that. Um, and I just begin with that and trying to explain her what is happening in the in nature, in things, how the things that I already know about the body and how it works, I think that for her is a very um, also deepening experience about her own body because every time I, I try to explain her about why she's feeling in a certain emotional state, she tells me, oh, that's why I was feeling sad or that's why I was feeling angry. Or so she relates that to what she's feeling and now she's not frustrated that sometimes those emotions come up. So they, she just face them as they are. And even she answers and she says, well, I'm sad because um, the environment, the noise, the, the pollution and all of those things are affecting me. And right now I feel sad and that's it. No, yeah. <laughs> no it is very interesting. And the other thing about that is I, it's a kind of like a mutual learning relationship as well. So um, children come in and especially up until the age of seven, they're more connected to the other side than this side um, in that sense is that they're more connected to the spiritual metaphysical aspects of stuff. Their intuition is still wide open, all the rest of that, which I find important to encourage, right? Because in the past, a lot of the time, you know, people were like, oh, I'm scared. There's somebody in my closet. And instead of saying, no, you know, there isn't, um, it's saying, okay, what does it look like? How tall? Is it a girl? Is it a boy? You know, and really get curious um, around developing their intuition because they might be feeling something that is not seen with the naked eye. I mean, we only see 1% of matter because it's dense. You know, can you imagine there's a whole world, 99% that we don't see that they do. So it's really building that trust within trusting their gut instinct, their intuition, and, you know, that aspect of it of like really getting curious about, oh, you know, why do you say that? You know, things like that, because and, and really exploring that instead of like shutting it down, because sometimes because we don't see it, it doesn't mean that it's not there. So it's really kind of like connecting um, to that aspect. So I can give you tons of examples. Um, <laughs> so I have uh, one that's almost 14 and I have an 11 year old as well. And they're both very, very intuitive and aware Um and uh, I remember speaking to the, the one who was starting to get, the youngest one, Michaela, was starting to get scared sometimes at nighttime. And I would started to investigate and I started to try and give her some tools that, that she could use to help her, right? Um, and a lot of the times, depending on what our intuition is, say, for example, a lot of the times those that are um, that feel things do not see them. It becomes scary because you don't know what you're looking at. Right. So it was one of those things. And I, and I was saying to Michele, you know, you do have angels and you have guardians and, you know, dragon and all sorts of stuff. So let me help you connect to your angels so that when you're feeling like you're a little bit unstuck, let's, um, you know, or let's let's try and connect to them. So I took her through a few exercises and risque you're calling in your angels, calling in your guides. And then um, she said um, and I said to her, oh, do you feel that? 
And she said, no. And I could feel her guides coming in really close. And like the guide was almost standing on top. I was like, you don't feel that, Michaela? She goes, no, but my guide is saying, and she completely started giving her a message saying, don't worry, you know, I'll always be there. Just call my name is, you know, I can't remember what it is right now, but she completely gave her, you know, a whole theory, but it's kind of like, and then she said to me, you know, mom, I think I'm a little bit young right now for all of this. So I'd like to, you know, just put a bit of breaks because I was like nobody's switching anything off in this house you know kind of a thing joking around but we'll <laughs> learn tools to deal with that but it's really getting curious about the imaginary friends and all the rest of this and for us to tap into our own intuition to see if we can connect to what they're saying right because it's important to, to connect to that you know um and I, I feel that uh, kids feel heard and seen when we do get curious um, around that, especially around that that intuitive side, because for so many of us, it was stifled a lot of, and, and really that's why I also opened the Raising the Vibes Academy of Consciousness is to help people to reconnect to that part of us that was suppressed when we were younger, because we're born intuitive. We're born knowing, right? So it's reconnecting to that because I was so lucky to have that, you know, encouraged in so many ways. And I try and encourage it with others and with other children because, you know, that part is there. So for example, my cousin, she's 10 years younger than I was. And I remember being a teen and she had an imaginary friend called Peter John and everywhere we went, Peter John used to come with us. And then we were looking through some old photographs and there was a little picture of this little boy with blonde curly hair that was in her mom's side of the family. I think it was a great grandfather or something like that. And she pointed at it and she went, oh, look, there's Peter John. Oh. <laughs> you know, so we kind of like started to kind of like go, okay, there is something behind that. But, and I, our children pushed like, kind of like pull us towards connecting to our own intuition as well. But we do, when we're navigating, I think it's absolutely of utmost importance to connect to ourselves and our own intuitive system to help make decisions um, for our children. Yes. Um it's funny that you mentioned that about the the child and the friends because i was going to mention that about the imaginary friends that we have when we are children and that connection that we have with that uh, spiritual realm i mm. think that is also very very virgin in children and we mess it up with our domestication system and and the society rules and everything. And giving the children that confidence of not being afraid and instead of that being more attuned to, to what other spirits are trying to tell them or are trying to connect, it's also going to give them greater wisdom in terms of how to envision their lives and try to see it in the future without living uh, without living the present moment, just picturing themselves. And I also try to ask questions with my daughter about that. I recently did that, and and I asked her, "What do you want to to do in when you um, grow up, when you are an adult?" 
And she told me, I want to be a teacher. Ah, and I told her, okay, teacher of what? And she told me, teacher of second grade. Ah, okay. So second grade in elementary school? Yes, just like my teacher right now. And it's funny because I started to talk about the dream that I have of setting up a school for children that is going to be also different and is going to awaken many of these pillars of the health. And, and she was very interested and asking me questions and, and saying things. So it, it's, it becomes a, a very mature conversation, even though they are children. And we many times we don't um, recognize that they can have a mature conversation and, and talk about many things. And as you tell, it's the other way around because we are learning. They are more aware of things that we we can't see because we are already biased no absolutely and kids are so honest right especially the younger they are the the more honest they they, they are and they, they just tell it like it is right so sometimes it's like we can't really get offended depending you know like obviously depending on whether you know as long as they're not disrespectful or anything um but it's it's quite interesting to see the filter through their eyes as well because they also teach us to reconnect to our inner child and see things from a place of curiosity see things from a place um, of newness um, in, in 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 that aspect which is which is very interesting and yeah their perceptions are so for example um you know my oldest one says, you know, why do I have to learn this in school? And she was talking about um, math. And I said, well, you know, maybe one day you want to be an architect and you need to know how angles work, right? But she's like, yeah, but why don't they teach us things like taxes um, and how to buy a house and how to sell a house and all the rest of that? And she's like, why don't we get those you know, um, emotional kind of like uh, understandings. Like I'm reading uh, Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart and she talks about, you know, over 70 emotions that we're dealing, like that we actually go through, but that emotional intelligence is, you know, not taught because we look at just maybe five or 10 of those emotions and that's all we sit with, right? So it's important to... um, understand them um, from from different perspectives and how to work with them and how to recognize them. So it's important, like you were saying about your daughter saying, I feel sad because of X, Y, and Z, you know, because there it shows that emotional intelligence. But the other thing is as well is when it comes to intuitive children and intuitive parenting is understanding that sometimes I started notice this, noticing this in my children as well my daughters would not say something because they didn't want to hurt the other person in the sense of feeling that emotion from that person and knowing that they were the ones who created that, right? So it's kind of like getting those empathic skills to say, okay, you're not responsible for other people's feelings and their emotions, um, and yet you still need to be able to express yourself um, as well. So that's, that, that's one of the snags that I found with, you know, intuitive children and empathic children when dealing with other children as well. So it's really learning the tools to help them navigate um, those times as well. 
which is also so important that uh, as we are speaking of mothers because it was just the mother's day and yes. i i think that that connection that comes from the womb and comes from all of that that energy that they are receiving throughout these nine months or seven or nine whatever it is they pick up a lot of the energy of the mom that is always connected with them and that they uh, mirror many of the emotions from the mom and sometimes also we can find out uh, by them how we are feeling because many times they just pick up the emotion because we are feeling like that and we are not aware of that because as you mentioned we never uh, neither witness neither recognize or were taught about those things no Okay. Yeah, you're right. And I, I do a lot of, um, it's quite interesting. There's two things. One, I do smart emotional release um, as a therapy as well. And a lot of the times we connect to the womb. We connect to the mother. We connect to the umbilical cord. What are you going through? And a lot of the times, um, you know, the soul knows what the mother is experiencing, right? And then there's that connection and understanding from that perspective of the the baby before it is born and when it's in the womb. And I also believe that our physiology also changes, especially in our brain, to be able to be born into the environment that we have chosen. So, for example, if we come into quite a, you know, a toxic environment or being born into a toxic, our brain develops in a different way to be able to cope. And we pick that up from our mother's emotions. Yes. Right. So it's all coming in and how they develop the physiology. The other thing as well is I'm just doing a chakra course. So I started last week and every week I do focus on one chakra. And it's interesting because, you know, the development of the root chakra, which is at the base of the spine, which is all about survival, all about is the first one to create it. And it's, and it really develops between zero and six months. And then the sacral, which we're on today, starts to develop the emotions um, that we are feeling, which is the body's way of expressing itself is through emotions, you know, and starting to understand and express our emotions. And, and that we get very much led by, by, our parents, uh, especially because in that uh, second center, we're looking at sacred sensuality, sexuality, expressing feelings and not, and that is all kind of like led by the examples that were being taught by the communication and the interaction with our parents that then kind of like influences the growth of that, that energy center, which is the sacral um, chakra. So it's everything is interlinked and interconnected. And there's a lot that's being, you know, picked up on an energetic frequency um, that we're unaware of. But kids are so astute, so astute. They're, they'll know a lot more than they lead on. They absolutely know what's going on. Yes, I, I believe that the, the power of the emotions and feeling those in, in the body recognizing that they are just moving the energy and giving us those uh, subtle signals in our body that many times we shut them off with any kind of external aid, either alcohol, cigarettes, 
any kind of pharmaceutical drug, all of those things are just uh, there to, to tap the hole and uncover a lot of side effects that aren't going to make your body scream harder and make you create, create symptoms just because you didn't listen to the first message that was the first emotion and was all of those things or all of those feelings that you were uh, experiencing. So it's so important. And I, I wrote about that in the, in the last article that I published in, in my blog about the power of, uh, as you mentioned, the, the womb, the connection, the energy, the epigenetic marks that, that they are being generated already and how those emotions that the mother is passing through their, their children are going to impact them up until they are adult in the wiring of the, the brain and in, a, in the development of anxiety, depression, ADHD, all of those uh, mental diseases that we have right now, they have been primed since the womb because we don't understand the power of that connection that, that is traveling all of those. And imagine just being in a recipient where you are receiving all of that energy from your mom and that the baby probably kicks when he, he or she feels that kind of energy, either an argument with their couple or the stress of their jobs. And it has changed a lot the way mothers also uh, take care of their babies while they are uh, in that process, you know? because they have to work, because they have to be faced with the stress and many times they even travel or things like that. So all of those things are going to impact the child, no? Absolutely. Um, and I'm going to go one step further behind that. We inherit a lot of uh, these, lim these limiting beliefs, limitations, blocks, um, patterns, uh, addictions, everything. It's carried on an ancestral level as well. So it is in our DNA. Um, Absolutely. And, and then we just born into that environment. Um, so it, it, it is quite, uh, quite fascinating where those limitations actually stem from, because it's even well before um, actually being in the womb. But you're right, the womb actually creates that um, absolute like that environment. So it's quite interesting, because we're always learning, we're always adapting. I was like, man, if I were to go back, I would change a few things. But that's part of it. And we'll just pass that knowledge on to to both my girls and you know just you know hopefully bring them that awareness because we're you know once we know better we have to do better and we're constantly information is always changing but it's, it's absolutely important um tapping back into that intuition side of things is you know how do we respond in this moment um we had quite a bit of a health scare with my eldest one not too long ago. And it's looking at what doctors do we trust? What doctors don't we trust? You know, with the information and and, it, and things are shifting in, in, in many ways where, you know, we've also realized that we have a voice and we can push and we can ask questions and we can understand. And we're a lot more knowledgeable these days as well. So, you know, um, there, there's just a lot of information out there and, it's really trying to use our intuition to siphon what is best for that child as well. 
Yes, I was also just uh, researching about the, the love that mothers give. And in many, many research studies, they just publish that the profile of the hormones, such as oxytocin and vasopressin, which are the most two important hormones to regulate a lot of functions in terms of your ener energy, the pathways of your metabolism, the immune system, your microbiota, all of those things are regulated by how you were nurtured in that womb stage and how in the previous, uh, well, in the foregoing years, in the seven years, they are also being uh, prime and they are also being impacted in the health of the child, creating either a stronger child or a weakened child. So it is extremely important to, to give this information to future mothers and to the ones that are already uh, having their child, even if they have passed the seven years, we can reverse many of those things. And that is the important thing that people don't feel frustrated or guilty about the things that happened in the past, but what can we do now to repair and reverse many of those damages that we can do? Absolutely, I agree with you because, like again, it's like we're constantly learning, we're constantly expanding. So, for example, um, you know, I went to a seminar. I I used to uh, work for an oil and gas company, and they sometimes would allow us to go to a few seminars and stuff like that. And I went to um, a seminar that was talking about young children, because um, then they did one for teens as well, and basically. It was so interesting because they said, you know, it's okay to have a disagreement in front of your children. <laughs> because like, you know, my parents were very amicable to each other and all the rest of that. And, you know, they ended up getting divorced and we knew it was coming, but there was never a bad word said, never a word raised or any of that. Um, and we were taught to kind of like, you know, don't rock the boat, you know, haul things up, you know, it's okay, bring in the peace, level things out. And this seminar was saying, no, have a disagreement and show that there is resolution after the disagreement. So you can actually have a voice and it's okay for, you know, for your children to, to witness that it's okay to have a difference of opinion and it's okay to debate a subject and yep. it's okay to not agree but there is still resolution afterwards, right? Because sometimes we were taught that we need to hide a lot of things for our children. And like you say, you explain things as they are, right? I also don't hide anything. Like I, I let them make their own. I try it in the beginning, but they're too perceptive. They're too intuitive. Kids know um, everything that is happening in the world. Um, like sometimes I would omit information and then my daughter would go, but that's not fair because that lady said X, Y, and Z and now she's not holding up her end of the bargain. And I was just like, how did you put that all together? Right. And she kind of like, they, they, they just know. So it's like you say, it's kind of like really meeting them with a sense of curiosity, helping them to expand their intuition and, and everybody's different, right? That's the other thing that I learned. Children are different. Like, 
my two children are very different, kind of like our hand. We have like five fingers and all five fingers belong to the same hand, but they're all different, right? And they all function differently um, to really connect to, you know, what it is that is important to them, right? Because my youngest, my eldest one used to get upset with my youngest one. And she's like, I'm going to sit in my room and read. <sighs> she was like, that's what she was doing to punish everybody else. And I was just like, that's okay. You can sit, you do what you need to do for yourself, where it would be the worst thing for my, my youngest one. She would be like, no way, <laughs> you know? So it's really working with them and seeing their personalities and who they are. And the other thing is, is looking at, um, I, you know how we turn around and we go, oh my goodness, I'm turning into my mother. Yeah. I've also started noticing the other ways in, in kids carrying our own traits and how do we shift and change that as well, you know, to help them to be better people. And we have to do that by looking at the mirrors that they are providing to us and showing us our own limitations of the behaviors that they've learned from us as well. So I think it's also important to kind of like open up to that and kind of like, oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. And I do say that sometimes I was like, oh my goodness, you are my child. Right. So it's kind of like, how can I shift that in a way that is, you know, conducive to, to helping them. Right. Yes, it is. It is so funny. And it is a journey that, that we need to embrace with more openness uh, as we are talking. And I just found out also that being truthful with them and telling them you know what what you witness with your mom and the argument and the things that happened uh, were okay we are adults we are complicated many times or we complicate life many times and and they start asking questions well why are you with my mom if you already knew that she was like that and that's a very profound question, no? So why are you so stubborn? If you already see that the person is like that, why are you with her if you are the opposite? Yeah. And what, what are you going to answer to that? You know what? I wasn't watching. I wasn't seeing. Because when you are in love many times, you don't see the things as they are. And you try to make your best to make things work. That's the way it is. But it is very good, your question, because we should watch and witness the person as it is and see if we fit in that scenario and then move like that. But they just see it like straight and they they don't, don't, don't question anything. So it is amazing that power and also allowing them to to feel anger for example she was asking me the other the other day why why do you say that it's okay to be angry and many many people say that it is not and i explained her well it depends on the anger and it depends what you do when you are angry if you are going to hurt people it's not the best way to take out anger but if you are angry, you can say things and then just release either with exercise, either hitting a pillow, either screaming, whatever it is that you can process that emotion. It's good because if you swallow the emotion, 
is not going to move forward. It's going to stay and it's going to build up more damage in the future. So be okay if you are angry and tell the person that you are angry because if they know that you are already angry, they are not going to do certain things to make it worse. Yeah. So. <laughs> I absolutely agree. And we were faced with um, in December, the first week of December, we had to put our dog down, um, unfortunately. Um, and it was a good opportunity to, and even for myself, um, because I grew up in South Africa is also a very dangerous place. And it's kind of like suck it up, move on, swallow whatever you're going through, you know, because you need to toughen up and you, there's always people that have it worse. And, and I thought, no, I'm going to take this opportunity for us to feel our emotions a hundred percent. And I said to my youngest one, I was like, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's a, it's okay to express this. You know, however, if you want to cry, if you want to scream, if you want to, again, punch the pillow, like you say, if you, what, what, what do you, how do you release this? You know, don't, don't hold on to it. There's no right, no wrong way of, you know, just express it. If you're feeling sad, feel sad, you know, because we were so lucky we had somebody that came around to the house to help um, Zoe transition, but it was quite, and I, and I asked them, do you want to be part of the process? Yes or no. I gave them that option and they both said yes, which was great, but it's looking at that going, understanding that they are, you know, big people, but it's, you're right. It's expressing those hundred percent and going back to the intergenerational um, trauma because trauma is trauma. So, you know, we all have it within us. So it's kind of like limiting the trauma that we carry um, because they've done studies with, you know, um, you know, survivors of the Holocaust and their grandchildren tend to suffer more from PTSD, anxiety, stress because of those suppressed emotions that, you know, weren't really dealt with at that time. So it's, it is important to, and, and, if we, we tie this back to that intuition and really checking in with the intuition of mothers and fathers, like you say, it was Mother's Day, but I mean, we're all intuitive is stepping in and going, okay, like what is needed in this moment and going with it, right? And, and, and asking, what do you need? That's one thing that I've learned. Usually, you know, it's, it's kind of like we, you can always ask, is this something you just want to tell me or are you wanting advice? Like, how do you, how can I support you through this? Right. And that gets them to think, okay, what do I need physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, you know, right now, you know, and I've had it when my 11 year old said to me, I just need you to listen. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to share anything. I'm not going to just, so what happened? And she said, okay, this, this, and this, and this. And I said, are you feeling okay? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. That was it. It's like, you know, I think, especially doing the work that I do and helping people, there's that wanting to always help and rescue. But, you know, it's the, that that part of going, okay, do you need me to listen or do you need me to, to share? Like, what do you need from me? Right. Which becomes important as well. Yes, it is uh, so important to recognize that, that sometimes we just need to uh, witness our children what they are experiencing and and trying to suggest to do something for example if we see them anxious or bored or angry whatever it is we can pick up on that and just ask 
what do you want to do with that emotion or how are you feeling first no to try to acknowledge the that they recognize that they do that work and not just guessing not just telling what what we perceive but also what they are feeling and trying to express all of those things in in spite of what are other people going to think because for example in this in mexico it is always judged many times when people express things uh, or emotions because they might hurt people or it's uncomfortable but children learn to not say things because they can hurt and i always tell my daughter that doesn't matter what other people think it matters what you are feeling if you are being disrespectful that's important because also you have to be careful of what you are going to say in terms of hurting just people but if you feel that something is not right or you are feeling any kind of emotion say it say it in spite of who it is and if they are not okay with that, so sorry. They are going to tell us anyway. As parents, we are going to receive the feedback. So it doesn't matter. We are going to speak with you if it was wrong or not, but just say it. Don't try to um, be okay or uh, learn how to be a people pleaser because being a people pleaser is not being yourself, no? Yeah, and and that's and that's true. And a lot of us carry that pattern. Um, and I think it's very, very kind of like hierarchical. Like kind of like it's very it's, again, it's inherited, right? What will people think? How will we be judged? You know, it's that whole kind of like bringing in that. You know, kind of like this is what life looks. It's kind of like I suppose it's the uh, olden day social media. You know, what people see and then what's actually happening behind is is something totally different, right? So it's 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 not wanting to be criticized or judged. I think we we judge too quickly. Um, we judge ourselves um, as well very very quickly too. Um, so yeah, and I and I think it's uh, absolutely important because even if I look at, you know, the way of upbringing in South Africa versus, you know, you know, Portugal to, you know, the UK and, and here, you know, um, in Canada, it's, it's, it's very different, but it is um, important. And, and one thing that I tried to tell my daughters was that, you know, you don't need to like everybody and not everybody needs to like you, but there's one person that you need to absolutely love and that is yourself um because you know you're the only one that's going to be with you for the rest of your life and (laughs) if you're noticing your thoughts if you wouldn't say them to your best friend don't say them to yourself right so how much of that kind of sunk in is a different story but trying to teach them the new skills that i've learned you know and you know to try and help them is, is, is absolutely, I think is imperative. And also, like you said, like sometimes telling our kids that we don't know all the answers is okay. You know, that we don't know. We're also, and I honestly believe that we're all trying to do the best we can with what we know. Yes, we are. And that's part of making mistakes and saying that you made a mistake 
no? Hmm. Because also recognizing that is also giving them the layout to be humble and to, to also don't think that they know everything or blaming the other people or the external circumstances for what they what happens in their lives. That's so I, I many times highlight that part with my daughter about there is always a consequence. Where, yep. Whatever you do, there is always a consequence. So think about the things that you are going to do and the consequence that is going to happen so that you recognize that is not the best option. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's how my mom used to, especially in the later teenage years when we were going out, that's how she used to, she said, she said, okay, I've given you the foundation of everything that I know. Whatever you do, knowing that your actions have consequences is on you. You cannot blame your parents because <laughs> they're the ones doing the action so you have to you have to take and that's newton's law action reaction that's karma right always drawing towards us what we're putting out there um which is important and yeah and sometimes letting them go through a difficult time i think is also important because a lot of the times we try to delay the lessons for our children yes and they end up learning them anyway, but it's sometimes it's kind of like they need to learn the hard lessons as well. And it's hard watching them go through it. Right. So I have one of my daughters, there's a friend that hasn't been nice to her for a very, very long time. And I said to her, you know, it's through people's actions, not their words that you can see who they are. Mm-hmm. And then I started noticing there's a little bit of distance and I said to her, Hey, what's going on? And she said, you know what, mom, she says, I'm tired of always being me, the one that actually, you know, calls to meet up, mm-hmm. you know, and she said, you know, she goes, you know what, you can't, it, you, what did she say? She goes, it's not, it doesn't help to order a dead plant. Mm. And I was like, whoa, where <laughs> did you get that from? You know, and I looked at her, I was like, did you get that on TikTok? But I was like, but that's quite profound. If you think of relationships through plants, right? You know, dead plant, doesn't matter how much you water it, it's not going to come to life again, right? And I was like, wow, but it's allowing them to learn that, right? And it's been hard because it's been kind of like, you know, we try and kind of like, because we can see what's happening from another perspective. And then yet again, our children are teaching us in the sense that they forgive and forget so much faster. Adults hold grudges, right? Like we hold on to stuff and that's, like connecting to that inner child of feeling our feelings a hundred percent, letting go of stuff. Every day is a new day. We hold on to the past. Right. So, and they're like, you know, one day they're fighting the next day. They're like, Oh no, her blah, blah, blah. Are we hanging out again? And that's how we, we need to be like that more forgiving. Yeah, exactly. And I was just uh, thinking about the, um, a podcast episode that I saw with Bruce Lipton and he was explaining how he recognized also many of his mistakes when when he was looking for a relationship and those things and she uh, he he said that that doing that recognition that other people are just uh, replicating their own way their own within emotions is easier to help us to forgive them 
because they are just reacting to their own program. No, every one of us has a program because yeah. every one of us is unique and different to absorb the information. So if we were educated in a certain way or we live certain uh, toxic examples, whatever, we are going to express those things as the program. But just trying to uh, recognize that they are doing that, just replicating the program, it's easier to make them, to make you or to allow you to forgive them. But he says something that I think it's very, very important is, but you don't have to stay where you are not being treated well. Absolutely. So what, what you mentioned, no? Recognizing that also when we do a lot of efforts to rescue certain friendships or relationships and we don't see the reciprocity, we just have to say, this is over. This is over and we have to move on. I mean, I respect you. I understand your way, but I'm not going to stay and I'm not going to look for you and try to fix things because I'm always doing the work. And if we don't receive response, it's just going to deplete our energy, no? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's, I think it's just taking one day at a time, you know, being open to learning. Um, and that's interesting because the programs that the kids are expressing are the programs that we've given them, <laughs> you know, which is, which is, which is oh, wonderful and amazing. Um, and, and I feel that that's why it's important to continue for us as parents, as mothers, as fathers, to continue to work on our intuition. And it makes it of utmost importance for us to keep doing the work um, internally ourselves because it shows them that, one, they can do it themselves. And by healing ourselves, we're healing them as well. And it's, it's giving us, you know, we can only be better parents. And like you say, um, a lot of the times it's not beating ourselves up for what we've done before but it's how do we change our behaviors moving now, moving forward is what is different because our behaviors before could have been unconscious. And once we recognize them, if we continue to create the same patterns, if we continue, you know, to with the same behaviors, that's a choice, that's right? <laughs> it's no longer subconscious. It's, it's a choice. It's no more inherited it's an opportunity to change and shift it it might not be this the right way might not be the wrong way but it's if we drop into our heart space and connect to our intuition it's our gps system yes our intuition is our gps call it gut instinct call it intuition whatever it may be it's our gps system and if we can learn to trust our own navigational um, you know, GPS, monitor, whatever, we can teach them to do the same. And I feel that that's a big part of really becoming conscious as parents and becoming conscious children is teaching them to trust their gut instinct, their intuition, just as much as we need to trust ours as well. Yeah, exactly. I think that uh, we have covered a lot of things in this uh, discussion about the spirituality and the energy that we can uh, surround ourselves and I hope that uh, people are recognizing that we are here well I always write about this and, and try to see life as a classroom 
and we pick up the subjects and the subjects are the things that are happening to us. So if we learn from the subject, we are not going to take a repetition of the subject. We are going to pass the subject and move on and evolve and be better. But if we are either rejecting, either not recognizing or building up things, we are going to get a repeated lesson because we need to understand from another perspective, probably, which usually is stronger. <laughs> so we better learn by the good way than um, postponing the work and making it more painful and difficult. So what, what can you say as a wrapping message to the people about the, the intuition and how to um, let it just flow. But it, 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 it's, it's, it's interesting because the more you trust, the more you will get, the stronger it will go. So, in, and, and what I usually talk about, when your heart and your head are in alignment, mm. then you know that it's in, if there is one that's nudging, it doesn't make sense logically, but if it makes sense logically and in your heart, you're feeling like this is not a good idea. I should not allow the sleepover. I do not want to go to the school, whatever it may be. Trust that. Trust your intuition and encourage your children to trust their intuition as well. And you do that by leading by example. Yes. <laughs> I think yeah. that's, that's the best phrase to, to wrap it up to we are always work in progress until mm -hmm. we are in this planet yes. so we are supposed to get better not supposed to go backwards like the world <laughs> but the world is their own business it's not our business our business is ourselves and our lives is created by what we are doing the actions speak louder than than the words and that's the message that we want to convey in this intuitive episode about parents, not about moms just, but about parents in general. And thank you, Natasha, for giving us all of these uh, tips, cues, and also the stories that we narrated are going to mix it up so that people can understand how they can trust much better their intuition. Thank you everyone for paying attention. And I will also put the links for uh, Natasha's uh, work so that you can connect with the Academy, with Raising the Vibes and all of the programs that she's constantly releasing. Thank you. And we will Thank listen you. to each other in our next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode and integrating with this community to cultivate more awareness and consciousness in your inner health to create a new generation of humans. If you want more tools to grow your inner health with science and spirituality merch, visit www.davidortegab.com. Remember that you can subscribe to become a premium member and receive plenty of benefits in all five areas of your life. Nutrition, metabolism, emotional resilience, 
Consciousness and Abundance 